You buy this game. Pharmacists who care. A winning mind in a healthy body. Cape Talk. Ask Dr. Josh. Dr. Josh, I'm coming to you now. Um, we have got some answers coming through, Joji and um, Chloe. So the answer is still coming in. The question was, um, uh, let me find it. It's a very simple one. A farmer has five haystacks in one field and four haystacks in another. How many haystacks would he have if he combined them all in one field? Hmm. Everyone seems to be so certain uh, about that. Let's see, because it's convincingly similar. Uh, we're going now to talk about getting back with your ex. I go now to Dr. Josh Clapeau uh, from the United States of America. Hi, Josh. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. Dr. Josh, we've been having such fun um, Get it warming up for this this issue of getting back with an ex <laughs> because everyone's got a different definition of what it means to get back <laughs> and, it, yeah. and different reasons for getting back. So I don't know if you heard, but the question I asked is how many times have you got back with your ex? Because that's also quite telling. And then what is the difference in the time period between those hookups? Yes. So I'm very curious what the answers are to the first one. Okay. And, and the second one, the time period, that's, that is the crux of, um, from the psychological standpoint, where someone like me comes in. Because there's a lot that can be said about not only how long the time period is, but what happened yeah. During yeah. the time yeah. period. Yeah. Because, but, uh, because I, I, yeah. I'm very eager to hear how many times people have gotten back together with their exes. Yeah. Yeah. So far, we've got five times. And, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> anonymous people admitting to, to getting back with exes just so they can get it on. <laughs> so I, I will tell you, I have heard of one instance um, from a show I do back here in the States, and we asked a not exactly the same question, but we had a caller who swore he had been married and divorced to his wife four times. Not just back together, but full-on marriage, full divorce, full reconciliation, full divorce, four times. Is that, is that, does that beat, uh, beat Elizabeth Taylor's record? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. No, but the, I don't think you know, she. Thing, I don't think she didn't marry him four times. Burton yeah, I don't, and Taylor weren't married times? four times. Four times—that's a lot, she, you know. You'd think, it, but you'd think just hold on the divorce, you know, just separate them. <laughs> well, that's exactly that was yeah, my question. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. that's a lot of paperwork and yes. money? <laughs> yes. To, yeah. To yeah. Back and forth. It feels like they really don't want to be uh, apart, but. Um, it's hard for them. <laughs> and I suppose that's the thing. You know, you've, you've, you've had some sort of connection with this person, so you know there is something happening. But there's a reason that you split. Y- yes, and you see, this is why I was asking, why I was saying that the, the duration in between the split is so important because it is super important to know what's happening during the split. A- and to your point, uh, this is this is one of the problems that I see. There are some scenarios where people split up um, and get back together in what I would call a very healthy manner. And what I mean by that is they may reach a point in the relationship 
where they've been together for a while. They both have matured. They've matured in different directions. They want different things out of life, and they go their separate ways. Um, and there is a period of time, uh, a year, two years, three years, five years. I've seen ten years. And they reconcile essentially as, as n- new or evolved people. They've examined why they yeah. got broke up. That one's super healthy. That yeah. one's okay. That one's great. The one that makes me the most concerned, the most concerned is there were problems in the relationship. They weren't able to address them. They weren't able to really talk about them. They didn't really communicate. They broke up. And then some time passed for each of them, and not much happened. Neither went into therapy, neither got into new relationships. They just kind of did nothing. And then they find themselves saying, oh, but I really loved him or her, and we, get, we got back together. That one makes me super nervous. Yeah. But I, I suppose it's, it's um, tricky because often we think we've done the work, um, and uh, often we get back together with partners with whom we've got a very good uh, sexual chemistry. But yeah. it's not well, just and, sex. And, yeah. Well, yes, but if you think about it, and, and, and this is, look, everybody's got their choice. Everyone has the freedom to do what they want. But there's a difference between being in a relationship, um, whether that's marriage or, or not, and being in a sexual relationship. And, and that's the problem, is if, if, you, if we separate and we say, I've done the work, and, but the sex was really good, so we're going to get back together, and because the sex is so good, you know, the other things will either take lower priority or sort of work themselves out, that only works if you're in it for the sex only. If you're in it for anything more than that, then it's going to fall apart again because mm. you haven't addressed the non-sex part of the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, of course, some people go back into relationship because, um, A, they're lonely, or two, they don't like the way they feel um, being on their own or not being with that particular person, even though it's drama or whatever the case may be, the reason that they separated. Yes. Let me say this. This idea of being alone is a very deep psychological, existential issue for a lot of people. And it can play tricks on your mind like you wouldn't believe. Because what ends up happening is we break up and we are in this bad place. And instead of saying to ourselves, I don't like being alone, or I fear being alone, or I wonder what will happen now that I'm alone, what ends up getting translated is I miss the other person. I want to be with them. And those are not exactly the same thing. There is a difference between fearing being alone and truly missing the other person. And for a lot of people, it's not so much that they miss the other person as much as they don't like being alone. And so they're willing to step back into a less than ideal relationship. And that's if you don't spend some time soul-searching, or better yet, in, in some therapy after you've been in a long-term relationship and breaking up, to examine that, you may find yourself back with your ex, and within about six months, you're back in the same place again. Because, of course, the work comes uh, not in the, in the hooking up again, because it is familiar. 
And so, and, and you, you are going to be looking for the positive because you're wanting to make it work. Um, yes. Yeah. Y- yes. I mean, that's, you, you're going to be looking for the positives, and that's, that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with looking for the positives. But to your point, the work, the work when you break up, the work that you need to do on your own is answer a few questions. Number one, how did this happen? And what did I bring to the breakup, number one? Number two, what is my life like apart? And what what is my trajectory or what could my trajectory be without this person? And when I say you need to do the work, it's not just, you know, just a passing thought. Really spend some time, whether it's in therapy or not. Um, the, 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 The next one is spend some time alone. And I don't mean alone, not interacting with anybody, but on your own. Mm. Because mm. there's an adaptation period to being by yourself. Yeah. And a lot of times people just, you know, it's like they, they hold on. Okay, we've been apart for six weeks, eight weeks, uh, three months. I can't take it any longer. Yeah. And again, a lot of that I can't take it is because it's unfamiliar and I'm afraid of being alone, not so much I want to be together with this person. Mm. Now, there's the scenario of a guy saying he wants to get some action, and so he is able to sweet talk an ex, and uh, of course, then can you know break up afterwards. Is that a is that a a, a gender thing? I, I'm assuming that women also would do that. Or oh is- yeah, ex hookup sex is um, is common. It's it's complicated. Uh, because of everything that sort of we've been talking about, that the, the problem with the X is it's more than sex. There is that familiarity. There is that intimacy. There is that part of it where your mind starts telling you, even in the moment, oh, this is more than just, you know, it's more than just the intimacy or more than just the physical intimacy. And so in the moment, it's great. And then for a lot of people, it's immediately afterwards, there is that regret. Why did I do that? Yeah. Why yeah. did I do that? Because yeah. very often, one or the other will start developing feelings again. It's not a mutual, let's just have sex, yeah. and unless, we don't really it, want to be together. Unless it That's is. Intimate connection. Unless it literally is that, you know. Um, I, you know, let's have uncomplicated sex and then go back, you know, to our respective lives. Um, by consent, I mean, that could also work, but it's, it's not a full relationship. No, and I, it's rare. Yeah. I, I, you know, Do you I, think people lie about every, being okay with that? Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. yes. I mean, I see it. They lie to themselves. I yeah, mean, they, they, yeah. they lie to each other and they yeah. lie to themselves. So yeah, yeah. The, the, to your point. It's consensual yeah. in that, you know, yes, we just want to have some intimacy. It's just sex. It's nothing else. And I would say 75 to 80% of the time that it's either you're telling yourself a lie or you're telling the other person a lie. Because, because there's, too much, there's too much emotional water under the bridge. There's too much. We're, we don't work that way. We're not wired that way to just do the sex with somebody that we may have been with for a long time. Mm. Of course, this is what's terrifying for somebody who's in a relationship. If anyone goes near the ex, people seem to be perpetually fearful that the ex is going to come and have great, you know, ex sex with them and uh, usurp their position as the sexual gladiator. Yes, and or depending on where you are in the new relationship, come and sweep them back off their feet. 
right? So, yeah. so you maybe you're broken up. Uh, they're broken up, and they, and you're with somebody else, and he or she has an ex, and maybe you've only been together for you know a month or two, and the ex starts kind of swirling, you know, sort of hovering out on the outside. Mm. It's very disconcerting because the advantage that the ex has over you is if they've been together for a few years or maybe they've been together for a decade, they know that person better than you do. So the threat, the threat is not just a, a, a sexual threat. It's an emotional and psychological threat. Um, and this we get into all the time. I see couples all the time where the ex is sort of floating about and the person who has broken up with them is, is communicating with them. They don't have children, so there's no reason to. Mm. And the new partner says, hey, I don't want you talking to her or him. Yeah. And, you know, if, if your new partner says, I don't want you to be in another relationship with your ex, you probably need to pay attention to that. And if you say that, I don't want to do that, then I start questioning what are your feelings for your ex. So you reckon it might be a deal breaker? I suppose you know a lot of stories I've heard about exes. There's there's been alcohol, <laughs> to, to put it you know bluntly. Uh, you know people get tooted up, and there's this call, uh, and and people know they shouldn't take it, but one or both of the couples are juiced up, and then things revert. Oh yeah, I mean there's I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. There's about. 15 different love songs <laughs> written about about that I should just go I shouldn't be here I shouldn't be yes I mean the think about this unless you look at your ex and you are completely repulsed by them I don't have anything to do with them I can't stand them there is nothing about you know if it's that then you got nothing to worry about but if you look at your ex and there's an let's say there's an amicable breakup or there's been a lot of time there's still an emotional connection and particularly if intimacy, particularly physical intimacy, something that's been a while for both of you, you put a little bit of alcohol in there or any other sort of recreational drugs and decrease the inhibition, and you start rationalizing. You start creating all of these stories in your head, even if you're not with anybody else. And so this is why I'm saying usually what happens is you hook back up. You might have amazing sex. And then when it's over, sadly, one usually says, that was great, thank you very much, and I'm done. And the other one is left feeling basically a portal back to those old emotions. Wait, didn't we have something great? Yeah, we did, but not anymore. You see, I'm... This is why... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I I was cutting you off before you'd finished. I'm thinking we've been talking a lot about sex, but I think a lot of people are more threatened also by an emotional connection. Um, I think a a lot of women, myself included, have very good relationships with exes and are easily able to downscale. But some people can be quite jealous of the kind of emotional intimacy that you can get to immediately and drop out. You're not having sex, so it's not weighted. And people can be threatened by that. Yeah. You are absolutely correct, but yes, but what I would caution people is if you're in a new relationship and you do have an ex and you do have a great relationship with them, but let's say there's no kids because kids always make yeah. it, they yeah. make it complicated because you do need to interact and, and for logistic purposes, you must interact. But let's say that there's no kids and you have this sort of friendly relationship with your ex and your new partner says, you know, it makes me uncomfortable. You're not doing anything wrong, but it makes me uncomfortable. What I always question is when that person says, well, 
I have a great relationship with my ex, and far be it from you to tell me that I can't be friends with my ex. And it's usually not that you can't be friends, but it's but it's that you're you're interacting with them more than your new. Well, I mean, some people subscribe to that: block the person, tear out photographs, remove that person, clothing's items, finish and clear. If it's over, it's over. I don't Um, buy. Yeah, yeah. well, that's now, now that's your new partner getting being a little ridiculous. Right. So there's no, no, a, that's a that's happy, that's the, the there's the, a happy medium. No, there's a happy medium. Yeah. You do not need to um, have a social death of the person. But let's say you're chatting with them a couple times a week or once mm. a week mm. or you get on the phone with them or, or social media. And again, no kids, social media. And you're just mm. texting each other back and forth. You know, on the one hand, that sounds innocent. On the other hand, if you if, put yourself in, your, in their place, if you're the new partner, why are they doing that? There's no reason to do that. I'm not talking about a partner who asks it of it, the person. I'm saying a person who says it's over. So I don't need a telephone number. I don't need um, their clothing. I don't need a photograph of them. The, a partner deciding for you, or that's different because then you've got all sorts of vulnerabilities. It's the person right. deciding it's over. Pelile, finishing class. So... Um, yeah. Okay. So and, well, and sometimes, if it for the person themselves, there there's great variation. Sometimes, the the easiest way for a person to get over, truly get over another person, is to have what I call the social death. And the social yeah, death yeah. is: look, even if we broke up amicably, I can't have the ghost of you yeah. in my world. Yeah. It's too much. So. I need to give you back all your clothes, unfriend you on Facebook. And, you know, I even encourage people, you can tell your ex why you're doing it, even if you're not angry. If you say, look, I have to create that separation in order for me to move on, that's why I'm blocking you. It's not that I hate you, but I need to do that. And for some people, I will tell you, that's the only way that they're truly able to move on because they can't live in that world knowing that their ex is sort of out there in social media world hovering even if the ex is not doing anything. Mm. To conclude I just want to focus on what you said some people so I think it's important to find out what works for you and and not to lie to yourself. Yes and please 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 to your listeners when you do break up take the time to be honest with yourself about how you got in that position why you're there and what you want out of your life before you decide to go back or not go back. That life unexamined is a dangerous life, and you have a wonderful opportunity to examine it in that space during the breakup. Uh, that's Dr. Josh Kaplow, host of The Cure and Kaplow Show. Uh, sorry, Jane, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for your time on Cape Talk. Thank you. Thank you.